Hi, I'm Wendy Francis, nutrition therapist, emotional eating expert, and entrepreneur. I've helped countless people overcome their obsession with food and weight. Isn't it time you overcame what you had become and ignite who you were meant to be? Your time to become an overcomer starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Overcoming Emotional Eating podcast. Yo-yo diets, you've heard about them. I've seen people on them, and maybe you've been one of those people. My biggest concerns about yo-yo diets are not just what happens to someone physically, but what happens to them mentally, emotionally, and psychologically. In this episode, I talk about those specifics and how you can help yourself if you struggled with those side effects of yo-yo dieting and how you can continue to become an overcomer. So tonight or today, um, we are going to talk about something that I am really passionate about. I'm, I'm, I realize, you know, when people talk about um, the, the, what is it called? The superpower. Um, everybody's got their superpower. I think one of my biggest superpowers is uh, my passion. I, I was, I was, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like every week I say I'm really excited to talk about something, and it's no joke. It's really true. Um, and I'm actually blessed. I feel like to be able to talk about what I am passionate about and to live my passion and what I feel like is a large purpose in my life is in helping people heal their relationship with their food. And one of the aspects of food and eating that have long interested me is the facet of what we call yo-yo dieting. Now, here's why I'm interested in yo-yo dieting. It's not maybe because of what you think. You know, for a long time, there was so much, first of all, we didn't have the term yo-yo dieting when I began in the profession. And then as I was in the profession early on, we started to hear the mumblings of it, the whispers, as I call it, of yo-yo dieting, what it, what it is and what it does to the body. And I'll talk more about that in a second. But as I was in private practice early on in my career, what I got more interested in about was not the physical effects of yo-yo dieting, but the psychological and emotional ramifications of yo-yo dieting, because that to me, was of interest. Yo-yo dieting, or the yo-yo effect, as we call it, also known as weight cycling, is a term that was actually coined by a woman named uh, Kelly Brownell, Ke Kelly Brownell at Yale University. In reference to the cyclical loss and gain of weight, resembling the up and down motion of yo-yo, that's why she called it yo-yo dieting. In this process, she quotes, the dieter is initially successful in the pursuit of weight loss, but is unsuccessful in maintaining the loss long-term and begins to gain the weight back. The dieter then seeks to lose the regained weight and the cycle begins again. So as this term was coined, very quickly then did scientists jump on, so to speak, yo-yo dieting and begin to research the physical ramifications of yo-yo dieting. Now, in my humble opinion, and this is a humble opinion, really, 
I think that we dismissed the psychological and emotional effects way too quick when it comes to this. I think we came out way too fast with what happens in the body. But I'm going to talk about that some because it is interesting to note what happens in the body. But when, what I want you to then really quickly hear, I'm going to go into the psychology of yo-yo dieting, of going on a diet, off a diet, losing and gaining, losing and gaining, which is much different than losing weight and keeping it off and losing the weight out of a health purpose versus a cultural or societal perspective purpose. And I'll talk about that more in a minute. Gosh, that was a mouthful, huh? So what we know, though, from the research is that cycling weight up and down, up and down, can increase body fat percentage. We also know that it can increase muscle loss. Thirdly, we do know that it can increase the likelihood of fatty liver. Fatty liver is when the body stores excess fat inside the liver cells. And obesity is a risk factor for developing a fatty liver, and gaining weight puts you at particular risk for this issue. Fatty liver is associated with changes in the way the liver metabolizes fats and sugars and increases the risk of type 2 diabetes. It can also occasionally lead to chronic liver failure, also known as cirrhosis. There was a study that they did in mice that showed that several cycles of weight gain and weight loss caused fatty liver. So fatty liver can also affect the increased risk of diabetes. We do know that yo-yo dieting is associated with a higher chance of developing type 2 diabetes, although not all the studies that have been done found evidence for that specific event, but there have been some and increased insulin levels that can happen in yo-yo dieting can be early signs of diabetes, says the research. Finally, from a physical aspect of yo-yo dieting. And again, I'm going to get into a different aspect of this in just a second. But from a physical aspect, we also know that there's an increased risk of heart disease with weight cycling or yo-yo dieting. We also know that there can be an increase in blood pressure because of the weight gain and the rebound weight gain cycle in yo-yo dieting. So we absolutely know that there's some physical ramifications for having your weight go up and then having your weight go back down. In fact, some scientists even report just from a physical aspect that when someone's at a higher weight, they're better off staying at that higher weight instead of cycling down and then cycling back up. However, I think everyone needs to make their own decision about that. What I want to really focus on, though, for today's purpose is really more about the psychological and emotional effects of yo-yo dieting, because I feel like we have totally overridden that. I've had clients for years that have been on a diet or off a diet, on a diet or off a diet, or for my clients, even for my clients that have gained 10 pounds and lost 10 pounds, for my clients with bulimia who are up and down in their weight, for my clients with compulsive overeating who ate or emotional eating who are eating and gaining weight and then going on a diet to bring it back down. Not just the physical aspects have interest in me, but I've more so seen the damage it's created from a soul and psychological level. 
You see, that's what I'm interested in. And that's really what I want to talk about in the call tonight, because that's, that's the work, right? When we're talking about overcoming and changing our relationship with our food, the work really comes in this aspect. It really comes in the emotional and psychological aspect of things. It's not just about the physical aspect. I've had doctors, dietitians, <laughs> lots of medical professional nurses tell my clients who were overweight, you need to lose this weight because you're going to get diabetes. You need to lose this weight because you have high blood pressure. You're going to need to lose this weight because you're going to die. And the truth is, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the way we eat. It only instills fear. And fear doesn't let us focus on food. Fear puts us in fight or flight or survival mode. It initiates a lot more emotionality. And it can make people turn or run directly into food. This is why I'm so interested in the emotional and psychological aspects of yo-yo dieting. Because I think we've done disservice when we've initiated and instilled fear behind the diet, so to speak. What I know about what happens when someone goes on a diet, on a true diet, and they feel a sense of deprivation, what happens then? Well, we know what happens. It releases what we call in my profession, the she-wolf, or to be politically correct, the he-wolf. Could be she or he, right? Because it doesn't just happen to females. What I mean by that is there is a part of that that we, when we as adults are told, no, you can't have it, not ever again, can't have things with salt, can't have things with sugar, can't have this forever, we know that it releases a part of us. Now, I'm going to explain this, so hang in there with me, okay? It releases a part of us that we, recall, we call the rebel, the she or he wolf. The part of us that says, no way, you're not telling me no. No way. I'm an adult. You can't tell me no. I've heard clients tell me greater things that they felt when they were told what they could or they couldn't eat or they should or they shouldn't eat. You see, eating with respect to health change, eating with respect to purpose and intention is very different than being told no and being put on a diet. Being told no and put on a diet increases the rebel in us. I've been told no in my life, and I'm going to tell you, I rebel. I've got a big whopping she-wolf, and I've got a lot of clients who have that too. Clarissa Pincoli Estes wrote an amazing book. It's very deep, but it's amazing. And it's called Women Who Run With the Wolves. I read it very early on in my career. I still go back to it. When I want some insight, Clarissa says, though her soul requires seeing, the culture around her requires sightlessness. Though her soul wishes to speak its truth, she is pressured to be silent. Why that passage speaks so greatly to me is because I've had so many clients that have felt pressure from other people to lose weight, that they, in fact, didn't really want to lose weight, but they were doing it for their doctor for their spouse, for their sister, for their brother. And the truth of that is, is that we can't do it for other people. 
when we do it for other people, it's when our she-wolf comes about because it brings us to a mode of deprivation. It brings us into a pressure cooker. It brings us to a place of not being congruent with our soul because we're not in intention. We don't have that why, right? It's that she-wolf that's the part of us that gets angry when we tell it no. It could be that 15-year-old that's when within all of us that your parents maybe told you what your curfew was and you didn't come home at that time and you stayed out. I did that a number of nights. My mom actually would come out and find me sometimes. <laughs> that's always an interesting thing, <laughs> especially when I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. But when we tell that part of us no, and we don't have a real reason behind it, I'm going to explain that in a second. Then that part of us sneaks the food and it eats it or it holds on to it as long as it can until eventually the dam of frustration breaks. This is where diets fail. This is where yo-yo diets fail, which is different than making a change. I'll tell you about that in a second. We all have that two-year-old, that part of us, that tantrum, that 15-year-old tantrum that still exists in us. Just because we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, doesn't mean we don't have that. We all still have that. We don't want to be told no. Who does? As an adult, we might silence it because we know we need to conform to rules. Do you need to get to work on time? Will your pay be docked? Well, then you better get there, right? You may not want to, but you do it, right? So there's certain aspects of being adult that we understand we've got to silence that no. In fact, as we get older and become adults, it's much more difficult to, to create a tantrum if you're told no. Our two-year-old self might have just been put on the steps <laughs> and given a timeout, whereas throwing a full-out tantrum at 45 is looked at very differently. And 911 might be called, right? So we know this as an adult. And we start to recognize where we're told no and what, do we, what conformity do we want to be in and in what conformity are we going to buck or rebel against. And when it comes to food, we have a choice. When it comes to work, we might not. When it comes to career or relationship, we might not have a choice. But when it comes to food, we do. We do have a choice on how we feel about it. We do have a choice on whether we throw an internal tantrum about what we know we need to do. We do have a choice as to whether or not we make our she-wolf go full out crazy <laughs> on the pantry. We do have that choice because that exists within all of us. And if we don't recognize that we have that, we underassume what that part of us can actually do. I've had many clients that what they once they recognize they've got a she or a he wolf in there, that they're really just rebelling against somebody telling them no, they shouldn't eat that, or maybe they're telling themselves no, they shouldn't eat that. Once they recognized it, they got it. They actually would name their she wolf. They would understand more about that part of them because we all have that part. And rebelling. There's nothing wrong with rebelling. You just don't want to rebel in your food. Because the truth is, if we're rebelling in our food, we're in reaction. We're not in action. I want you to hear that. When we're rebelling in our food, 
we're in reaction. We're not in intentional action. And when we're not in intentional action, we can't do things healthfully, psychologically, emotionally. So what do we do about the she-wolf part of us? What do we do about that part? You know, if we want to change our food, if we recognize, you know, what I'm doing right now is not healthy for my body. And we've got to do something different to get healthy. Because there are parts, times in life that that happens, right? Whether, you know, for somebody who's been drinking for a long period of time, gets to a point that their body can't process that anymore. It happened to my father. Now, he chose not to change. And he continued to drink. And that degraded his body to a level that he couldn't come back from. He decided not, you know, he, he rebelled by going into the alcohol, right? But what do we do when we get to a point when we really understand that we need to make a change for better because of something that's going on within us physically or maybe psychologically? Well, what do we do with that part of us that wants to rebel? We give it a voice. We talk to it. We tell it that no one is telling it what to do. We have to become very intentional with our changes and reasoning behind those changes with our food and maybe our exercise. When you're intentional and you speak it, it helps for all of our parts inside of us to really understand why we're making the change. That's not about deprivation. It's not because you want to starve yourself. It's not because you never want to have sugar again. It might be that you can't have sugar for now. It might be that you have to have certain proteins for now. Do you hear the difference? Because maybe you want to get your blood sugars under control. Because maybe you want to run with your grandkids. Because maybe you want to be at your kids' weddings. Because maybe you want to be able to keep you know, walking or running or playing tennis or whatever you love to do. So isn't it worth it to make that short-term change for the long-term result? In understanding that, we really talk to our adult self and our adult mindset. It can't be about what others want or desire. It can't be about what the culture desires because this culture changes more than I can change my hair color. Honestly, every, every five to six years, sometimes sooner, we've got a different cultural desire, thin, heavier, uh, muscular, not muscular, upper body muscular, lower body, not muscular. So don't go on culture desires. Don't go on what other people think or feel. It has to be about us. It has to be about your why, your real why that speaks to your soul, that speaks to your psyche as to why you want to make the change. Francie White and Anita Johnston talk a lot about deprivation-driven eating, which is another pitfall of yo-yo diets. And they were one of my first teachers about this back in the day, 20, gosh, long time ago, 20-something-ish years ago, 22, 23, we were trying to figure it out. I was at uh, one of my first uh, long seminar retreats Uh, based on uh, emotional eating and eating disorders. And I met Francie and Anita early in my career, earlier on in their career. They are godmothers now in my profession, as I like to call them. But when we're deprived of something that we love without understanding the reason why and being able to use our rational mind, we feel deprived. 
We feel like we can't have it. That's not for me. I'm a sugar addict. I can't have it around. We disenable ourselves, disempower ourselves with, with words and language like that. And all that does is it makes us feel deprived. It makes us feel less than. The feeling that I can't enables us to feel deprived. For anyone that's felt deprived of anything in their life, you can understand the feeling of not being able to handle it, accept it. It couples with a feeling of worthlessness and lack of self-efficacy. It makes us feel young, but not young at heart, not young in a good way, young meaning too young and unworthy and incapable. How do we combat deprivation-driven eating? Well, we've got to recognize that body and food change is a choice. You have the choice. You're not being mandated to do something. You must only do it if you're willing and able to and want to, with your whole heart, make the change, right? Really understanding the intention and the why behind it. It's important to understand that why. When we have to make that change from a life and a health perspective and knowing that it's not for na- not forever, it's just for now, is imperative. It's imperative so that you can feel like you're in choice. You can feel like you're an adult. You can feel like yourself and not like a child that's being mandated or dictated. You see, that's where the yo-yo dieting syndrome fails because what it, what it didn't do, it didn't give voice to these things that happen when we go on again and off again diet. There are many other things that are impacted when you go on and off diets a number of times. Belief systems change about food rules and constructs change. The way that you feel about and around food changes. Many, many things can shift. So now is the time to heal. You see, going up and down or yo-yoing in anything can affect you not just physically, but psychologically, emotionally, and we know it can impact your soul. It can impact and impart radically injuries to not just your body, but to your mind and your psyche. Taking care of you wholly, psychologically, emotionally, and physically is imperative. And in that, you must understand the toll that yo-yo dieting can take on you. Create the you-you instead of the yo-yo. And really, the change must be for you, by you, and about you. That, my friends, is what change with your food is meant to be about. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Rate, review, and subscribe. You never know who you'll help become the next overcomer.